Okay, good with that. So that being the case, we have a special day today. Yeah, the kids are going are gonna to bless us with their program. And before they do, I just want to share this well-known passage of Scripture on the birth of Christ from Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. We read this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. That is our magnificent story to tell. And now, it is time to hear about the ornaments of Christmas from our Sunday school kids There'll be songs throughout the play with the words on the screen, so please sing along during those times. Sit back and enjoy the message. boy, I can't believe Christmas is over. The next thing you know, school will be starting again. Yeah, I've already started to count. School will start in 7 days, 22 hours, 42 minutes, and 56 seconds. Make that 54 seconds, 53 seconds, 52, 51. It will be fun to see my teacher. I miss her. Speaking of teachers, I wonder where our Sunday school teacher is. Do you think she might have gotten lost in the holiday shuffle? Here I am. I had the hardest time finding my shoes this morning. I thought some threw them away with all the used wrapping paper. Anyway, are you guys ready to start taking the Christmas decorations down? Okay. Now where should we start? I know. Let's start with the candy cane. Would someone please get the candy cane off the tree? Can any of you tell me what you think when you see a candy cane? Morgan, you can go first. The candy cane is hard. That's to remind us that Jesus is our solid rock. The big red stripe stands for the blood that was shed by Jesus on the cross. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our sins, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. That was from Isaiah 53, 5-6. There are three small stripes that remind us of the being that Jesus took for us when they beat him. It is by his stripes that we are healed. 
The white shows us the sinless nature of Jesus. Jesus never sinned. The candy cane is shaped like the hook that the shepherds used to save the lost lamb. Jesus reaches down to save us when we go astray. And look, if you turn it upside down, it's the letter J. That's interesting, but what does the letter J stand for? J is for J is for Jesus and J is for joy. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he might and he will be called the wonderful. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus gives us joy. Hey, we, hey, we should sing a song about joy. Will someone get the about? What do you think when you see a bell? The bells ring out a message to the manger's pastures filled with hay. God's son was born on Christmas Day. Bells ring out at Christmas to celebrate his birth. Jesus is the king who came down from heaven to earth. We should sing a song about bells. How about come on ring those bells?
There is just one thing left on the tree. I can get it down. The angels played a very special part the night that Jesus was born. Do you know what it was? Audrey? The angels' vo vo happy voices sang of peace, goodwill on earth. They told the shepherds of the dear Savior's birth. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, the town of David, a Savior, has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That was from Luke 2, 10 through 14.
Wait, the nativity scene is still under the tree. Can we leave that out? Can we leave it out? Sure we can. Just because Christmas is over doesn't mean we have to stop celebrating Jesus' birth. We can celebrate Jesus' birth every day and tell others of his love. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. Luke 2, 15-17 Let's sing a song about... about about telling others. Kids, I just got to thank you for a great job. You told the most important story that has ever been told, will ever be told, and that is the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ who came that we might have eternal life. Thank you so very much for doing such a great job. I'll let you sit down. Can we give them another thank you? That is awesome. And I got it. Thanks. And I do believe that as Alyssa and Katie, we have to say thank you to you. You did an amazing job. And here's just a little something special. How nice is that, huh? Because you guys did such an amazing job. There's nothing easy about anything getting done during this year, as we all know. And Katie and Alyssa are both new, working together, taking on the task uh, of co-leaders, and they just jumped into it. You know what I noticed? They jumped into it with a smile. That's what I noticed. They smiled their whole way through. Well, maybe, 
Maybe their husbands didn't think they smiled the whole way through. Maybe they might have heard stuff I didn't get to hear. But Katie and Alyssa, thank you so very, very much. Two more. Now that is intriguing. You know, did those Sunday school kids do that? Did they just do that? Okay, now here we go. I actually attested this one said, oh, that'll hold everything just fine. So, <laughs> all right, so thank you so very, very much. And uh, as I said, not easy. Nothing is easy right now. And they stepped up. They did it. We're thankful for them. Honestly, as I sat in the CE meetings, I wasn't sure this would even happen. And it has. And I thank God for that and for all of those who helped. So, May God, uh, let's just take a moment and ask God to bless our time in His Word. Father, we, we celebrate that these children, who are so precious to You, have told us again of this magnificent story. And uh, Father, the, the truth that Jesus Christ can be celebrated throughout the year, Lord. And so we just pray that You will seal that not only to our hearts, but to these kids' hearts also, Lord. And now as we open Your Word, we continue to think in this vein. I pray that Your Spirit will minister to each of us according to our needs, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. It appears, best I can tell, come next month, Joe Biden will be sworn in as our president. Many factors, those of us who look at this and go, something doesn't seem to add up here. And there's many of us who see it that way. A lot of factors that have gone into being where we are right now. You've been listening to the news, so you know. We've had mail-in voting without identification. That's had influence. We've had these Dominion voting machines that don't necessarily seem to have been on the up and up, but that's had influence. We've had a disinterested media on the stories about Hunter Biden that were, that came out in October, and now that everything is said and done and we're stuck with Joe Biden, all of a sudden this media that had no interest, these stories are getting told now. Huh, funny thing. But the other thing that we had, and this is what's leading me to where I want to spend a little time today, friends, is you know that big tech, things like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, you know they were censoring information that you as a voter might have needed, might have wanted before casting your vote. Big Tech said there are things you will not hear because they didn't want you to hear it. It's that simple. They were hauled in before Congress. You watched them lie during the hearings, acted so innocent. And you could just see the arrogance dripping off of these guys. The damage had been done. They got the results they wanted. And next month, we're going to be swearing in Joe Biden as our next president. Now, here's a question that I want to bring to you relative to that big tech element. Because it relates directly to what we're going to talk about for a few minutes. If big tech is willing to corrupt an election, would you trust your children to them? Think about that question. If big tech is willing to corrupt an election, would you entrust your children to them, these precious kids who have just told us this magnificent story you're going to put them into the hands of big tech and say, we'll trust you. We trust you have our kids' best interest in mind. And that's just one of the aspects that we need to talk about for just a few minutes today. We are involved in a series called Seeking God, Healing, and Community. Honestly, I thought I was going to be starting it at Christmas time last year. That's when I thought I was going to start it. But God seemed to say, nope, that's waiting until now. What I would like to think about today is why community is necessary for the sake of our children. Why community is necessary for the sake of our children. And I want to just read briefly from Mark chapter 10, 
Just as it seems like so much of what we read around Christmas time, we've heard it all before, which is good, because we need to be reminded of it and refresh that that's really there. Mark chapter 10, we read beginning in verse 13, Then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter into it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. It was common within that culture at that time that uh, parents would bring their little children to a rabbi, to a teacher, ask him for a blessing. And he would bless them if he was so inclined. And that's where we see Jesus where it says he took them up, laid his hands on them, blessed them. But what I want us to note is Mark is the one who says this most, uh, most definitely when he says he was greatly displeased. Jesus was disgusted with his disciples that they had devalued the children. He hasn't got time for your kid, lady. He hasn't got time for the little ones. He's, He's about doing important things. And Jesus said, you're missing the point. And he showed how he valued those children. That they did matter. That they were not some, someone, something just to be quickly dismissed because they're unimportant, because they're just young. And he stopped what he was doing, brought them into his arms, and he gave them a blessing. And what I want us to remember just from that, because we're going to just keep this in our minds, is that the Lord Jesus Christ placed a very high value on kids. They were important, they mattered. Each one was a real person. Each one made in God's image. They were not to be dismissed because of their age. With that understanding that Christ places a high value on children, on every individual, but in this case we're talking about kids, the first thing I would like for us to note in this this concept of seeking God, healing, and community Remember, that all comes out of Genesis 3. I'm not going to review it for the sake of time. But in seeking community, we need to remind ourselves that kids need their own community. I touched on this a couple weeks ago. But they need a place where they are welcomed, they're known, they're loved, accepted, and they just know that I belong here. This is a place for me. Kids need that. And right now, in particular, as this this distance learning thing is going on and kids have been pulled away from that, I'm convinced psychologists are going to study this for years in terms of its impact upon children, upon young people. That they have been wrenched from that place where they might have community. Well, we offer that here. I recall a number of years back when we had to close the church because of snow. And I forget if it was a Sunday morning, Wednesday night. But I tell you what, my son looked at me and he said, Dad, who has the right to close the church? Wanted to come be with his friends. Wanted to come be where he had a sense of community. Loved being in church. He was angry that somebody had the authority to close the church. Well, kids need some community. So we've got to keep that in mind. But I would also like to suggest on this topic of community that parents need the community of other parents also. The community of parents that will help them in this process of raising these children that Jesus values so highly. We need them for a few reasons. First, as parents, we need some other 
people who will affirm the same things we are teaching our children about what matters, like the manger scene. We need some other people who are going to continue to teach our children that. Coming home after we got off the plane, we're walking out the, uh, the, the jet walk, and Lori said to me, she said, I think Maverick, that's Matt's youngest, he sat between us for part of the flight, so she said, I think Maverick was witnessing to me. <laughs> she said, yeah, he asked me, he said, do you believe in Jesus, Grandma? Well, of course, she said, yes. And he was like, my dad believes in Jesus, and Shane believes in Jesus. But you understand how important it was that, in this case, it was grandma. But whatever adults are around that child who is raising questions like this, to hear that, yes, I believe exactly what your parents have been teaching you. And it affirms in their little minds, these are things that matter. I cannot tell you, I've said this publicly many times, but I, there's no way I, I, I could factor an amount of value. I just know it's beyond anything we could ever return to them. How much Miles and Judy, when they had our older kids, and Randy and Robin, who we happened to see uh, a week ago today, because um, we, we flew out of Sioux Falls, I cannot tell you the value that they were to us as parents as we're trying to raise our children and we have them in their youth ministries and they affirmed exactly what we were trying to teach. And to this day, our children all love Randy and Robin and Miles and Judy and are thankful for the influence that you have had in their lives. Think about it, friends. Think about it. Look, look. We had Katie and Alyssa up here. They weren't their kids, were they? They were just coming to serve because they love these kids. They want to help point them to the things that matter. Think about all the Sunday school teachers, the Awana leaders, the children's church workers, the nursery workers, all of them who are coming to do what? To help you as a parent, to raise your children so the kids will keep their priorities in place and know this is what we need to focus on. We need that community of people around us as parents raising children who affirm the same thing we are trying to teach them. Because I promise you, there's a world out there that is trying to rip them from that teaching. And so we need the community of other parents who will help us, other adults who will help us wade through the ridiculous amount and growing amount of garbage in our culture that has no regard for children. Children are a market to these people. They do not care about these children by name who are up here. They don't care anything about them because they are simply a market that they are trying to utilize in order to better themselves. Lori's been, you know, she's kind of limited in, in her movement and so she's got some cooking shows on that uh, yesterday. Likes to watch cooking shows, okay? So you think, a cooking show, it's got to be pretty innocent. And then the commercials come on. And the commercials come on for, I think it's actually another, another cable network thing where you can get these delightful Christmas movies. Now I've got to tell you, they looked like Hallmark movies. Bob, you'd have loved them. Bob loves Hallmark movies. <laughs> they looked like that. They had the feel of that. These commercials for these movies that you can watch. And the one actually had this little, this little poem type thing that went, and I think it was to the same cadence of the night before Christmas. It might have been to the Grinch, because I was like, 
listening to it. But it ends with this note about this movie. You need to come and watch this movie. It's a special kind of movie you don't see every year. And in one of the advertisements for it, you see two men kissing. That's where the movie's going. That's how special it is. Now, I'm an adult. I, I, I don't like it, but it's not going to destroy me. But my question is this. Who thought through the impact that will have on kids watching? Did anybody stop and think that through? That you are, that you are corrupting, that you are shaping the brain of young children about what is normal, about what is, what is good, about what God has designed? Did anybody think that through? Maybe they did. And maybe they just felt it's time that these kids began to learn this and embrace this and absorb this. And it is godless. Plain and simple, friends. Who protected the children? Who allowed that? You want to make the movie? Fine. I don't have to watch it. But who, who just allowed that to be? All of a sudden, here you are. Your TV's on. It looks like we're talking about, you know, fruitcake. And boom, this happens. Who's protecting the kids? Not the people who are looking for a market. I promise you. I didn't see this, but apparently NBC had a live version of The Grinch that stole Christmas. And uh, one commentator noted how in some point with The Grinch, she became rather crude and some sexual overtones to what he was doing. Hello. It's a kid's story. Can you tell me why a kid's story has to go there? Why and how often do you see this in stuff marketed to kids in this day and age? How often do you see stuff where they got to go to the crude humor? Do they got to go to the infantile stuff? Why do they have to include that? Are they that poor at writing that they've got to fall to that? Or do they maybe have an agenda? Or are they maybe being influenced by the dark kingdom that corrupting kids is okay? This is what we want to do. This is the, the, the sludge that is coming into our culture. I told you years ago about a kid show that uh, back when we lived in Racine. So this is a long time ago. Our daughter is probably at this point 10. She's watching a show that uh, geared for kids. And I to promise you, every kid in that show was smarter than every adult in that show. The adults were all so stupid, so dumb, so ridiculous. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, finally I had to go, honey, I'm sorry. I cannot let you watch that show anymore. I cannot let you watch it because every adult is being portrayed as an absolute jerk, and adults are not jerks. And kids are not all smarter than adults. But there was some company producing that show, right? Why? Because kids are a market to them. That's all. They weren't loving my daughter. They wanted to hold my daughter's attention in front of the TV so they can get ratings, so they can make money and selling advertising. They did not care what that might be doing to my daughter. Didn't care at all. That's what I had to deal with raising my children. Yesterday, and I believe it was completely in God's timing that that it was sent to me. Bryce Bray sent me something from a website uh, that is, that's entitled uh, Common Reason Ministries. And I want, I'm going to try and figure out how to get this, this link out to you. I, wanted, I would have actually wanted to use it, but I don't know where we run into with our own YouTube stuff now that we can put stuff out there that they might flag us. And we have a limited number of flags and then they shut you down, is my understanding. So I didn't, I didn't want to do that. But he sent me this link to about a 45-minute video, and it's just a woman talking. And she speaks to parents and helps them address issues. And one of the things, I was just amazed as to where this is going now. Twitter. Twitter. Remember? Election. Censoring. Twitter has professional code writers who work to understand how to get your child, get all of us, keep coming back to Twitter. 
And here's what she pointed out. I thought this was absolutely fascinating. See, because they have professionals out there doing this, messing with the mind of your children. So what they will do is, kids, they get on, they post something. And, they'll, and then they're waiting to see if the likes come. And so they will actually hold back a bunch of likes and drop them in a little later. So they all come flooding in. So here this kid was being affirmed, but no, didn't let them see it right now in real time so that they will come back later to find out if they got those likes, if they got that little bit of affirmation. And you know, that's impacting their brains. That's imprinting things in their brains. That's Twitter that has professional people who use this thing called the algorithm Right? You heard about that during the election and how they can fix these, make these algorithms work. That same company now uses these algorithms to identify what will bring your child back under their influence. You hearing me? My, oh my, oh my. And that comes, brings me back to the question I asked earlier. Do you trust these people with your child? Look what they were willing to do to an election. I don't want to talk about politics. I want to tell you it's the same people who corrupted the election who want influence over your child. Do you trust them with it? Do you trust them to take the minds of these precious ones here and move them in a direction that is pleasing to God? Move them in a direction that helps keep Christ present after everything's been put away, to keep Christ present in their thinking. This is serious stuff, friends. This is the world in which Christian parents now are having to wrestle, and it is so much more complicated than when we were raising our daughter. And I could say you turn off one station, and pretty much other stuff was still reasonably okay. This, this woman speaker said she gets asked the question all the time, when should you get your child a phone? When is it appropriate to give my child a phone? Now this caught my attention because driving back from one of the events we had with our kids, my son and granddaughter are right behind us and my granddaughter is asking, why can't I have a phone? Dad, why can't I have a phone? You know, my friends, they have phones. When can I have a phone? And dad, dad was very firm. <laughs> he was very firm to say, uh, you won't have a phone before you're 16. Not happening. Don't even talk, ask me about it. And she wants to whine and do this and that because she wants to have a phone like the other kids. All right? So this woman in this video, oh, I thought, how wise was her response? When parents ask her, when should I give my kids a phone? She said, when you're ready for them to have access to pornography. That's powerful. You see, friends, there's, there's people out there who will gladly look for access to your kids and their phones, and they will push all the garbage they can to them because your kids are a market. They don't care about your kids. So that's why we need one another as parents in community, partly you know, the Scripture speaks to bear one another's burdens. To be able to be in, in, in fellowship with each other so you can talk about these things. Sort them out. Figure out a plan. And share some of it with each other so there will be other kids. It's not always your kid singled out because you're being a wise parent. Be like, no, there are other wise parents who are out there. There are other wise parents who are saying, no, you, you don't understand. There are dangerous things for you to have a phone, right? First time I ever went to Chicago. I think of this often. First time I ever went to Chicago with my friend Jamie Eckel. We were about in fifth grade, and we had our first chance to actually walk around Chicago. But you know what? We got about a 20-minute lecture before we went about who you talk to, where you go, where you keep your money hidden, how you, how you when you're going to buy something, how you don't show all the money that you have with you, and all these cautions. Because we were going to move into the place where there may be dangerous people immediately around us. Now the dangerous people can be on the other side of the world. We hand them a phone. 
And those dangerous people want access to these precious children. So by having, by having a community of parents and like-minded adults who will affirm the same things that we are trying to teach them, that will help. We also can share information about, man, some good technology safeguards that are out there that we have to be aware of. Or we can share the video like Bryce shared with me. It's an awesome video. Every parent should watch it. And, you know, just the different ways that we can help one another through this process. And, of course, we can pray for one another. You'll notice that the, the ministry of the month for prayer is Moms of Faith listed in our bulletin. Now, the Moms of Faith have never asked me to come spend a day with them. I don't know what they do, but I know that they know we need, they need some community with some other moms. They need some community for support, for mutual sharing, to uplift one another. It's got to happen, friends. It's got to happen. So, all of this is one to remind us how much Christ values these children. He was greatly displeased when the disciples tried to say, oh, no, 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 don't bother him. His value on these children is, is so incredibly high. With that understanding that these kids matter, to invite you to consider us, whether you're sitting here today or whether you're watching us online, thank you for being there. If you need a place of community for the sake of your children, would, would you feel free to come and at least see if you, you think we could be that place? Because we'd love to have you. Because we need your fellowship. We need your encouragement to help, help us stay on track with our kids just like you need, you need ours. We all need a community of faith who will help us help our children Stay focused. Help us. Help our children. Stay focused upon the Christ of Christmas all, all year long as this ended with the manger scene. It doesn't end here. Because we all know we're going to put all the decorations away in a little bit. And we go on to other things. But it was a reminder that said, no, we don't turn from this ever. We need this all year long. So friends, everybody needs a community of faith to help keep their thinking in place, but in particular, parents. We can provide, because there's other parents here, we can provide an invaluable community for you if you will come, if you will be involved, if you'll let us get to know you, you get to know us, and we can support one another in the thing that matters most, in the thing that Christ puts such a high value on, and that is raising these children who are so precious to Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray as the praise team comes to lead us in our closing hymn. Father, thank you. I thank you for this morning where we have had these kids tell us this most amazing story, reminding us that it should never end in terms of our focus. Jesus Christ always needs to be first always needs to be forefront in our thinking. And Lord, I, I pray that as we have contemplated this idea of community and why it's necessary that kids at their level have it, that we as parents have it to help us in our parenting task, I pray, Father, that you will, you will refresh in us, you will, you will restore to us this desire that we might indeed stay focused upon Jesus Christ all year long. We thank you for the magnificence of the Savior. We thank you for this season that we have to celebrate his arrival, that he might come and save the likes of us, Lord. We thank you for it all. We ask it all in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Please stand to join us for our closing hymn. Joyful, he